Welcome back to another season of South Africans Abroad, a show for expat South Africans and anyone interested in the experiences of those who have made the move overseas. Each episode, we'll hear from South Africans who have left the country to pursue new opportunities, be with loved ones, or simply follow their dreams. We'll explore the challenges and triumphs of life as an expat and the unique perspective that comes with being a South African abroad. I'm your host, Warren Burley, an expat South African who, like many, followed the dream of working overseas. Whether you're an expat yourself or just curious about the expat experience, join us as we delve into the motivations, struggles and joys of being a South African living overseas. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, today we are joined by Kaylee Emmel, uh, an ex-South African who has made Switzerland a new home. Uh, we'll talk about the reasons for moving, her experiences adapting to Swiss life and the challenges she faced. Um, Kaylee, how are you doing? Doing very well, thanks Warren. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So, Switzerland. Yes. Um, so, love. I moved only for love, really. Um, and fortunately, it's been quite a good move. And, and when did you move over? Um, December 2021. I was actually living in England at the time, busy working there when we sort of got together. And it was during COVID and it was all kind of tricky. And yeah, I moved over shortly after that. Okay. Um, so let's just go back. So you, you were in England when, when you met So your... I'm a chiropractor by trade and we had originally met in 2019 at a conference in Brisbane Okay. and sort of like really hit it off. And it was, it was strange because I literally got on, I'm not much of a romantic, but I got onto the plane back home saying to my mom, if I ever marry anybody, if I ever have kids with anybody, this will be the man. And if not, like, I don't, I don't really want to do it. Yeah. And I mean, it took a good two years after that with us not even really talking before he kind of just called me up out of the blue when I was in England. And okay. yeah. And where is he from? He is born and raised Swiss. Um, however, his mom is from the States. So thank uh, God, right? Because I think if, <laughs> if French was the only language he would be speaking, it maybe wouldn't have happened. Well, I was going to yeah. ask about the French, because Swiss is, is, is a very French place, right? So it's interesting. I didn't know this before coming here, but there's three national languages. So it's French, Swiss German, which is a spoken dialect, um, which is also varies greatly depending on the canton, and then Italian. And um, they also have a language patois, which very few people kind of speak. It's really just up in the mountains. Um, but yeah, depending on where you live in Switzerland, you're going to be dealing with more Swiss German or more Swiss French. So it's interesting that way. Okay. And English, is it quite well spoken there or do you have to actually um, learn their languages? Yeah, I think that you're almost obliged to learn at least one Swiss national language if nothing else just for work um but i found i mean when i landed here we were living in Bern at the time which i landed there with my english and very very poor french and <laughs> it was really really tough like people didn't even really speak french as a second language okay. so I did find that it was sort of, it was more of a necessity than what I thought. I suppose if you go to, you know, Zurich, Geneva, some of your more international cities, I think you, you have a bit more international people and English tends to be quite well spoken. But certainly, I mean, I have people in my immediate circle that don't speak English or speak very little. 
Yeah. Did you find that they kind of uh, stuck their noses up to you because you didn't speak their languages? Or was there quite a barrier there? Um, I think language is always going to be a barrier. Um, I think that whenever you can't speak the language, I think it tends to make people a little bit insecure here as well right like so you here with your broken shitty range um you know <laughs> like you 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 feeling like a fool busy trying to talk to these people and like they feeling insecure because they obviously don't speak english and it's just like it's an awkward kind of situation um yeah. i think that you definitely i found that you have to at least show that you're willing to make the effort you almost just have to humiliate yourself a little bit okay and then you it tends to open the door a little bit more but going in bold, just going straight English, um, you feel a little bit of resistance, I think, for sure. I certainly did in my early days when I was in Switzerland. And, you know, it's not really spoken, but yeah. you definitely feel that people, you don't make the effort to speak their language. They're not very willing to to do the same thing for you, you know, Yeah. Um, even if they maybe did have the capability. <laughs> you mentioned that you're a chiropractor. Yes. Are you working for somebody there or do you, you got your own practice? Not 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 at all. Um so to come over to Switzerland as a chiropractor is a little bit more of a complicated process. In fact, they only legislated that people from the South African schools could even be able to present themselves for the board exam literally the year that I moved to Switzerland. Okay. So without that you don't even have the option. Of working as what you've trained to work as and i mean at that point i was registered to, in south africa and in england so i had basically two options and the first is you basically go into like a hospital setting mm -hmm. um and you essentially get your credits i guess you know at a yeah. swiss institution um but you require to have a c1 french or c1 german depending on where you go and obviously you know fresh off the boat c1 is like you know, very few fluent speakers would pass a C1 language yeah. exam. So it's an incredibly high standard. I was absolutely not at that point. And so the other, the only other option I had was to essentially do my 60 credits in a like medically inclined like degree for a year um, and all in French. So that's what I'm currently doing. Um, I've even gone a step further and divided that up into two years because I found just having to do, you know, I'm doing pharmacology, doing pharmacology and French. I mean, doing maths and like 5D graphs and stuff, like working with stuff from the matrix. Okay. I found it challenging, <laughs> you know, yeah. like maths is universal language, I think, to a point. <laughs> well, I think cracking all the bones in the back is also a universal language. <laughs> yeah, you would think. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I mean, I'm, it's definitely giving me the time to get to grips with the language before I'm, you know, treating patients and stuff. So, so it sounds like you've had to start over yeah. really, in business. Absolutely. It's, it's actually yeah. quite amazing. Like everybody I speak to, you know, when they move countries and stuff, how we have to start all from, you know, from the very beginning mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. You know, especially at, at certain ages, it's it's very difficult. Certainly, like, not the journey I thought I would be at. You know, 30, I really plan to be quite established. And it might be a bit of a controversial sort of thing to say, but I've certainly, even in my experience in going over into England, I found being a trained professional, being specialized in whatever it is you do, it is almost, it doesn't make professional sense. Yeah. 
to do an immigration, the money that you put into it and the time that you, you sort of spend interrupted in your profession is just incredible. And it's, it's, it's way different. I found as well, coming from South Africa to Europe, you don't sort of get the same credit as a doctor going from Europe to South Africa. It's somehow way cooler, you know? Um, for me, it was like an African university. I had to really fight to get credits, which were, I should have been granted, you know, because I had done the subjects. Yeah. But, you know, these are the things that you don't always, I think, foresee in the immigration as well. You know, I think I remember speaking to my mom coming home from varsity the one day and I said to her mom, it's really, really hard. And she said to me, yeah, but you knew it was going to be hard, Kaylee. And I said, mom, yeah, but what I'm telling you is what I could, whatever I could have imagined in my brain, <laughs> like was not it. I didn't have the the knowledge to imagine how hard it would be. And then, I mean, the the beauty of it is, is the complete opposite side of that, which has been, you know, one of the best things I've ever done in my life. And I would, I would do it a thousand times over. So, yeah, but it's certainly, I think, romanticized when you think that you get to create a whole new life for yourself. It's, we omit the work. How long will it take you to get back to where you were in South Africa, do you think? Um, well, fortunately, I think I was I was quite young in my profession as well when I left South Africa. Mm. But I mean, just in order for me to be a standalone chiropractor in Switzerland, where I'm allowed to open my own practice as I would in South Africa, I'm looking at probably another three to four years. Okay. And you know, several exams. Yeah. Okay, so if there's another chiropractor listening, what advice would you give them then? Um, it's, it sounds terrible, but honestly, I mean, it's fortunate that I wanted to marry my husband. But the first advice I got when I queried about it is they said, are you married? And I think it's just because it's literally that impossible to do if you're not. Okay. So I think as, as it stands, I'm, I'm going to be the first, if not only South African, to to have done this okay. just because it's it's incredibly difficult just with, from an administrative you know point of view um i would say that you you have to know how much time it's going to take and i would say that it's almost impossible to do without the support of somebody who is living in switzerland because i mean essentially you're going to be spending this time being back at university everything sort of costs and if you don't have a huge financial buffer or somebody who is willing to carry that with you it's going to be an impossible task so is the healthcare system there quite high i would say that it's pretty it's pretty ramped up um i think it's probably from what i've seen i mean it's it's really really good and as term, in terms of chiropractic it's you know, the most involved that we are, I think, in the world. You definitely have more rights as a doctor here, as a chiropractic doctor in Switzerland, you're allowed to prescribe medication. I think that's also why, you know, the training is so rigorous and why there are, you know, several more hoops to jump through more than what you would normally have to yeah. when, you know, coming over to Switzerland. Um, but I would say if you are even having any remote idea about it, definitely start doing the language as soon as possible. I think the language is the biggest barrier for, for everything that you're going to do here, including treating your patients. So if it's something that you can get really comfortable with, 
mm-hmm. before even making the move, it it makes everything easier. Okay. So let's let's just talk about Switzerland for a second. Mm. I haven't had many people from Switzerland, so like I know nothing about Switzerland, and I'm sure a lot of you know a lot of listeners you know know nothing about it. Um, what's the quality of life there? Because I heard it's, it's like quite a high quality of life, but it's it also comes with a high cost of living. Is that is that true? Yeah, I th- I would say that's fair. I mean, for the first bit that I lived here, I was like, if it's not priced to offend you, it's not a Swiss price. But it's not even just high. It's like, it's really intense. Yeah. Um, I think that the quality of life is truly unparalleled. Um, there's just small things that, you know, it's so easy to get used to, you know, it's like ultimate comfort and you don't realize it when you're experiencing it. But I mean, even times that I've been away in France or I've been away to Italy, you get back to Switzerland and you're like, well, this is it, you know, and it's literally just the train ride, the commute, but going through these absolutely like Heidi type hills with cows and like, you know, everything's sort of neat as a pin. Wow. you know beautiful flowers and stuff really really surreal colors that was the first thing that struck me about switzerland is i was like these colors can't be real this is like it's like 4k hd yeah. type of stuff it's, wow, yeah yeah truly gorgeous and financially you mm. know was it quite a big step to move over there is it was it very expensive yeah um i would say depends on what your value of expensive is, but I would say it's expensive. Uh, about 2,500 francs, which I think would be the equivalent of about 50,000 rand. Okay. Um, and we largely did the process by ourselves. We had a brief sort of interaction with the lawyer, which was, we didn't have a very positive experience. Um, but it was, you know, a lot of the cost was basically paying for the documents to, you know, be processed a little bit quicker in South Africa, you know, in terms of getting the apostille, getting everything to the notary, all of that type of stuff, which was, in my opinion, money well spent, you know, to pay these companies to handle these documents. Um, you know, I had to do it during COVID and it really was a godsend and quite a miracle that it happened as fast as it did. You know, the police clearances always i find the trickiest part right because you have no idea when you're going to get it you don't know when to apply for it you apply too early you know it's a bit of a it's a a nightmare like i feel if you if you can get the timing of the police clearance right like you deserve a medal but was that your biggest challenge over there yeah i would say the documents and from south africa side absolutely i mean getting an unabridged birth certificate and stuff Mm. and i think then with everything you know if you're going to a country that's not an english speaking country all your documents have to be you know translated which is you know for me initially doing that i was like i don't even know where you go for this type of stuff it was completely foreign to me i mean a few months before that it sounds really ignorant but i didn't even really know what languages they spoke in switzerland i mean i knew they spoke french for one because my husband was you know but that was about it do you know any other south africans in switzerland it is so uncommon that people don't even recognize the accent at all. Okay. People get 
eyes as big as saucers when I say South African. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> it's funny because I've had people be like, oh, I thought you'd be black. It's, it's yeah. like, it's crazy. It's that, it's that sort of unknown. Yeah. And that's sort of the extent of knowledge about South Africa as well. Which... Just to go back a little bit, is, is it a big culture difference besides the language? Yeah, besides the language, absolutely, in terms of culture. I mean, this is people, I think there's a reason we don't know a lot about Switzerland other than like maybe, you know, chocolate and watches and yeah. that they're neutral is that, I mean, they're discreet. Like these, these oaks don't want to be on the radar. Yeah. So that's why they're um, neutral. Very, yeah. yeah, I mean, very different to South Africans. Yeah. I was 100% too loud. Like I think 100% of the time, um, very expressive. Like I find that the culture is like, it's quite preserved, you know, quite measured. <laughs> like they yeah. are truly... They're sweet, they're pacifists at heart, you know, which South Africans tend to be quite fiery. So I think even between my husband and I, it took time, you know, we had cultural clashes because he was like, well, I don't know why you're getting so intense. And I'm like, I'm not intense. Yeah. Like, this isn't even <laughs> like half of what I could do. <laughs> yeah, the inner South African coming out. Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, the rigidity as well. It runs well as a country because of the structure. Mm. But I, as a South African, I'm so used to having bounds. You know what I mean? Like everything's got a little bit of bounce. Not in Switzerland. Like you make a mistake, you don't buy like buy your train ticket, even if it genuinely is a human error and you honestly made a god's honest mistake and you bought your ticket afterwards, they don't care. Wow. You're getting a ninety franc fine. Like you can tell your story to God, they don't care. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So so what's the policing like there? Um, weirdly enough, pretty gentle, like they don't carry any arms. But okay. they're serious and they've got different sort of different ranges of police. So you've got the people on the public transport, which are, you know, kind of chill. But then they've got a step up from that that walks into the trains every now and again that are like clearly quite buffed up, you know, police guards. But yeah. I wouldn't say sort of a, a heavy police presence or anything like that. I don't, it's almost not necessary, but it's very preventative. So if there's ever a big game or something like the police, will be waiting at the train station and having everything sorted before anything even has an opportunity to go yeah. sideways, you know. Okay. It's, this is a Swiss way. It's like safety first, which yeah. is, that for me was also weirdly enough. I'm, I'm very like, okay, let's go, let's do it. Like, I don't need a whole <laughs> yeah. thing about it. And they're like, no, careful, careful, careful. Do they have quite a big range of outdoor activities? Because when I think of Switzerland, I think of beer. <laughs> really? That's it. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, we have got some good beer as well, but mm. definitely tons of outdoor activities. And I think for that, it's almost like, I almost want to say a Mecca because everybody here is into the lifestyle of being outdoors as well. And there's sort of seasonal activities, which is cool. You know, at the moment it's mushrooms. So you go out, you take a nice hike up mountains and you can reach almost every corner of Switzerland with public transport. You know, okay. everything really functions really well for that. So yeah. you go on beautiful hikes. And I mean, you've got the Alps as your backdrop, which is incredible. In Bern, I mean, people literally take the commute home on the Aro River, jump in, you have a sort of watertight bag and you take your, you take your commute on the river past the Federal Palace, huh. hop out and you've taken your cool down, you know, in the summer. So lots and lots in terms of that type of stuff. Skiing, of course, is really, really big. And then... And some of the lakes are always like a good place. You know, people always make a big effort to go out. Okay. Hmm. Do you ever go back to South Africa? 
Um, I have been back once, um, and it was unfortunately for a funeral. Okay. But that's been the only time I've been quite fortunate that my family makes quite a big effort. So they came over for um, my wedding, my mom and my brother, and then just my best friend. Um, visits. This is the other thing, right? It's tricky to get a visitor's visa to come to Switzerland, so you, you almost need a really good reason. Okay. So they're keeping people out, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they, it's, they definitely don't just want to allow anybody in. I was, myself, I was rejected twice before I made my final move. I mean, I came here essentially on a marriage visa. That was the only way they let me in at the end of the day, which is, you know, it's, it's sort of not a joke. And I think going on the green mamba is always going to be a little bit Yeah, tricky. it's going to be a problem. Yeah, so my family's actually coming over in September now, like mid-September through to October, which I'm really looking forward to. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely looking forward to going back to South Africa and having a little bit more time there. We had gone there before... Um, before I moved to Switzerland Mm -hmm. and we had just the most incredible time you know we did a three-day sort of private game reserve and I know for us that was just you know for my husband as well was incredible you know we did horseback safari yeah I mean it's crazy you know a couple of meters away from a rhino and stuff really just got to drink South Africa in and all of its splendor you know one last time so Definitely yearning for a visit again. And as time has passed, mm-hmm. how has your perspectives on South Africa changed? Yeah, um, it's been it's been an interesting journey. You know, I for the first time when I went back now for this funeral, I was it was tough because I was so happy to be home and it felt like home, and I'd been wanting to be there for so long, mm. and yet you know I, I sort of for the first time in my life I felt I had a foot somewhere else. Yeah. And I had a foot in Switzerland, you know, um, and there were so many things that I missed. I think it's always a little bit tough going back just because you haven't been around. And as with ed- everything, you know, you don't see the gradual changes of things. And I think there were certainly a few things that I had almost forgotten. I mean, it's like it's really stereotypical to say, but like the load shedding. And it was something that I, I really began to take for granted, you know, living yeah. in Switzerland. I mean, it's really never, ever going to occur that the power you know, goes off. So it was things like that, that I, I remembered, you know, what it was like. And I I remembered, you know, being quite happy to, to not have to deal with that on a daily basis. But I think, you know, it always, it always sort of highlights the beauty of South Africa. I think being away, it's, it's funny because it, it, it sort of pulls out, I think, even into the African continent. You know, you whenever you find yourself far away from home, mm. you can count on, like, almost anybody from Africa to feel some sort of camaraderie. Yeah. And that, for me, is something that you can't, you, you can say whatever you want about South Africa, but you can't really take that away. Mm-hmm. You can't really take away that warmth. It's very hard, I think, to find. I haven't really found it anywhere else. Yeah, well said. So, yeah. Okay, and do you miss anything about South Africa? Whether it's oh, a chocolate I miss so much or... about South Africa. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> you know what's weird is I feel like I'm like, I'm such a woman's slut, but I'm like, honestly, the pasta salads and stuff, I'm like, I am the soft eating gum. Yeah. I absolutely adore, like, and I haven't found anything that is close enough to make me feel like I can, you know, replace it, the side of the world. Yeah. But I think more than that, you know, I just, I really miss the people. You know, I, 
I miss South Africa and all of its things and the nature and the food and the people. But my people, I think, is the, the only point that really, really pierces the armor, I would say. Yeah. Um, and pierces it well. You know, I think about, you know, the, the big gap that you leave between your visits. I don't know if, I'm sure for me, it's been like all of a sudden you almost just get hit by this wave of reality where you realize that this is a decision that you've made in your life. And it isn't that you're just on a vacation. You've been away from home in a long time. You know, it is, this is your life. And the decision that you've taken is essentially means you see your family maybe once a year, if you're lucky. Yeah. And that's the reality of it, you know, and I think sometimes that's a, it's a bit of a really, really hard pull to swallow. Well, you mentioned that uh, when you were in South Africa, you felt like you were home. Yeah. At what point does Switzerland become your home? I think in increments. It's um, It's been in the small things. I think when I arrived back from South Africa, I, I somehow took a bit of a breath of air and I was like, I'm, I'm happy to be back. Mm-hmm. You know, so as, as heavy as my grief was to be leaving leaving home, leaving my family, all of that again, I, I felt a sense of coming back. Which, you know, I don't know when exactly that happened, but it seemed, you know, it seemed to happen with time, which I think is is somehow the best way because I think there's so much intensity to an immigration and into sort of reinventing yourself to some degree and trying to integrate into a new place that I'm sort of grateful for some of the things that are more of a passive process. Okay, so the big question, is the grass greener on the other side? I mean, objectively, the grass is definitely, definitely greener. And I would say, yeah, in 4K, but I would say, oh, it's age old thing, but I think it's also greener where you water it. You know what I mean? I think that doing anything, you have to do it with a good attitude and you you have to make a brave decision and a decision that's, you know, not based on fear. And I think that's what enables that grass to be green, you know? Okay, well... Thank you very much. Such a pleasure. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And we'll definitely get you back on uh, for another episode to catch <laughs> up. I, yeah, I think there's a lot we still want to ask because it sounds very interesting there, mm. uh, especially the With colors. Pleasure. <laughs> but yeah, good luck. Thank you. If you're eager to explore more stories of South Africans abroad, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a moment. For exclusive updates, discussions, and a chance to connect with fellow listeners, be sure to join our vibrant community on Facebook. Just search for South Africans Abroad Podcast and become part of the conversation. We're also excited to announce the launch of our brand new website, saabroadpodcast.com. There you'll find additional content, behind-the-scenes insights, and an easy way to access all your favorite episodes. So until next time, check your Tuesday.